हरे राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृचरोम देवी सरस्वती व्यास नशो बुद्रेशु निगवत भगवरुतमा श्लोके Today, Thursday, uh, November fifteenth, two thousand and eighteen, reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto Three, the Status Quo, Chapter Thirteen, the Appearance of Lord Varaha, and Text Number Fifty, the Last Shloka in the Chapter. Which we briefly heard from yesterday, we're going to extensively hear from today. Konamaloke purusharta saravit. Konamaloke purusharta saravit. Purakathanam bhagavat katha shudham. Purakathanam bhagavat katha shudham. Apiyakaram jalibir bhavapaham. Aho virajeta vina naritaram. Konamaloke purusharta saravit. Purakathanam bhagavat katha shudham. Apiyakarna jalibir bhavapaham. Aho virajeta vina naritaram. Konamaloke purusharta saravit. Konamaloke purusharta saravit. Purakathanam bhagavat katha shudham. Purakathanam bhagavat katha shudham. Apiya karnar jalibir bhavapaham. Apiya karnar jalibir bhavapaham. Oh, virajeta vina naritaram. Oh, virajeta vina naritaram. Chant. Konamaloke purusharta saravit. Konamaloke purusharta saravit. Purakathanam bhagavatkathasudham. Apiya karanam jalibir bhavapaham. Oho virajeta vina naritaram. Konamaloke purusharta saravit. Purakathanam bhagavatkathasudham. Apiyakarna jalibir bhavapaham. Oho virajeta vila naritaram. Oho virajeta vila naritaram. Oho 
Konamaloke Purusharta Saravit Purakatanam Bhagavat Kata Sudam Purakatanam Bhagavat Kata Sudam Apiya Karanan Jalibir Baba Paham Apiya Karanan Jalibir Baba Paham Aho Virajeta Vinanaretaram Aho Virajeta Vinanaretaram Konamaloke Purusharta Saravit Synonyms, please repeat. Kaha, who? Nama, indeed. Loke, in the world. Purusha Arta, goal of life. Saravit, one who knows the essence of. Purakatanam, of all past histories. Bhagavad, regarding the personality of God Him. Regarding the personality of God. Katashudham. Katashudham. The nectar of narrations. The nectar of narrations. About the personality of God Him. About the personality of God. Apiya. By drinking. By drinking. Karna Anjalibi. Karna Anjalibi. By oral reception. By oral reception. Bhava apaham, apaham, that which kills all material pains. Oh, alas, virajeta, could refuse, vina, accept, nara itaram, other than the human being. They got this wrong here. So other than the human being being says <laughs> here. It's not correct. Translation by his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada. Who, other than one who is not a human being, can exist in this world and not be interested in the ultimate goal of life? Who can refuse the nectar of narrations about the personality of Godhead's activities, which by itself can deliver one from all material pains? Please repeat. Who, who, other than one who is not a human being, other than one who is not a human being, can exist in this world, can exist in this world, and not be interested in the ultimate goal of life, and not be interested in the ultimate goal of life. Who can refuse the nectar? Who can refuse the nectar of narrations about the personality of Godhead's activities, of narrations about the personality of Godhead's activities, which by itself can deliver one. Which by itself can deliver one from all material pangs. The purport by Srila Prabhupada. The narrations of the activities of the personality of Godhead is like a constant flow of nectar. No one can refuse to drink such nectar except one who is not a human being. Devotional service to the Lord is the highest goal of life for every human being 
And such devotional service begins by hearing about the transcendental activities of the personality of Godhead. Only an animal or a man who is almost an animal in behavior can refuse to take an interest in hearing the transcendental message of the Lord. There are many books of stories and histories in the world, but except for the histories or narrations on the topics of the personality of Godhead, none are capable of diminishing the burdens of material pangs. Therefore, one who is serious about eliminating material existence must chant and hear of the transcendental activities of the Personality of Godhead. Otherwise, one must be compared to the non-humans. Thus, in the Bhaktivedanta purports of the third Kano 13th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled, The Appearance of Lord Varaha. Mukum koroti bachalam pangam lagete kirim jatkripatamaham bandehi sri guru dhiratarinam so he briefly, Kirtan Jagya, uh, touched on this verse yesterday. Uh, but there's so much here, and uh, he didn't spend much time on this verse. He just read it at the end, maybe because he ran out of something to say, and he jumped onto this verse after the last verse. But um, after looking at the verse in the purple, I thought it uh, prudent to cover this verse again and dive a little bit in depth into some of what is presented here. Um, so Bhagavatam is saying in this verse and elsewhere that one who uh, doesn't take pleasure in hearing about the pastimes and the activities of the Lord is... Uh, Practically not a human being. He's not even human. Or as it says in the second canto, he's like a dead body, although breathing. So he doesn't have any life. Um, like uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, said in one of his songs, there ain't no life nowhere. That song is, I don't live today. Uh, remember that song? Anyone here? I don't live today. Oh, Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> this joke. Where I am. Yeah. So he was, he was expressing his own um, feeling a lack of meaning to life, saying that I don't live today, and will I live tomorrow? I just can't say. And then at the end he says, there ain't no life nowhere. So he's, he's depressed, he's in the modes of nature, and he doesn't have contact with the Lord. And so as a conditioned soul, he's expressing very accurately the plight of the conditioned soul. Quite similar to what it's saying here, that if one doesn't have um, the uh, engagement of hearing the topics, Krishna Kata, then that person is, has no life. He's not even human, he's like an animal. And um, there have been many commentators outside the Bhagavad tradition who have also noted that uh, modern civilization produces people who sometimes are not only like an animal, but worse than an animal. 
more degraded, more um, in the mode of ignorance, even than low animals who don't have any developed consciousness. So the idea is that one who has the human form of life, but doesn't uh, properly utilize that human form of life, then and even in one verse it said he's no better than a cow or an ass, so eva gokara. So uh, someone may be very upset. What do you mean? Cows are very good. But uh, a cow is also an animal, even though they're highly uh, regarded and should be protected. But still a human being is no better than an animal simply eating, 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 and sleeping. We heard from Dina Bandhu that the cows, if you give them an unlimited supply of foodstuff, they'll eat themselves to death because they don't know any better. They just won't stop as long as it's available. So in the traditional uh, village culture, the cows are taken out to the grazing field in the day and then brought back at night. In other words, they're not left out 24 hours just to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat, which they will do until they kill themselves. According to Dinabandu, I've never seen that, but he says that. They will eat themselves to death. But they take them out, they graze during the day, then they bring the cows and the calves back home. That's what Krishna did as a cowherd boy in his childhood pastimes, which we are uh, very nicely hearing about from the Dhammadarasakam. Bal Gopal, this form of Bal Gopal, this little boy who's a cowherd boy, He's just so charming and so wonderful and beautiful. <clears throat> These pastimes are so nectar and so sweet. And such a Ratamuni, the author of the Dhammadarasakam, is saying, I don't want to hear about anything else. I don't want to see anything else. I don't want to know about the, maj the majesty or opulence of God. I don't want liberation. I don't want, he says, millions of opulences are of no use to me. Of course, I used to joke with one devotee that millions of opulences are of no use to me, but I could use a few thousand, right? So uh, something is required to keep body and soul together. But our goal as devotees is not to acquire opulences for our own sense gratification. We accept what we need to keep body and soul together, you know, a few thousand. And, um, uh, and that's only to maintain our existence so that we can focus on the real business, which is hearing, chanting, remembering, serving Krishna. Now this is nicely explained uh, by our hero in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Sri Prahlad Maharaj, who when asked by his demoniac father, Hiranyakashipu, um, oh my son, you're such a nice boy. What is the best thing you learned in school from your teachers? So Prahlad proceeded to instruct him about Krishna consciousness, which is not what he learned in school from the demon teachers, Sunda and Amarka. It's what he learned in the womb from his spiritual master, Narada Muni, who was hearing and chanting about Krishna consciousness when Prahlad's mother uh, was pregnant with Prahlad. She stayed in the ashram of Narada Muni while Hiranyakashipu was off performing his great austerities. Uh, And actually, 
the demigods were just waiting for the child to be born. And their idea was that this child is the seed of that evil demon. So when he is born, then we'll kill the child. But Narada Muni told them, no, this, you don't know who this is. This is a great devotee of the Lord. And he cannot be killed, even if you tried. So better not to even make the attempt. Later on, that was shown to be true because Hiranyakashipu himself decided that this Prahlad, he's so Krishna conscious, he's my enemy. Uh, I'm the king of the demons. And he's talking about Lord Vishnu, my enemy, the enemy who, in the form of the boar, killed my brother. Just like in the old, uh, old movies, you dirty rat, you killed my brother. I'm going to kill you. Is that James Cagney or something? So um, he was thinking like that. You dirty boar, you killed my brother. I'm going to take my revenge. Uh, so he got his chance to face the Lord. But uh, the opposite of what he was thinking would happen did take place. He himself was killed by the Lord rather than he killing Lord Vishnu. So when he asked for Lod, because even the demons are very fond of their children, and they want to teach them and train them to be also become very first-class paka demons. Demons are always interested in teaching their children to become demons, just like themselves. It was said that uh, uh, one very famous rich person who was not a devotee, Rockefeller, used to cheat his children. He would engage in little transactions with money with his children. He would cheat them. And they would become very frustrated. But he was teaching them how to become successful in business. Because he was a very successful businessman. So he also wanted his children to be like him. Very crafty. Very wily. Very cunning. Uh, never miss an opportunity. So he would actually cheat his own children. Just in order to instruct them in the demoniac principles of life. <laughs> Imagine that. So just like the devotees, they want their children to hear and chant and become Krishna conscious. The demons want their children to do all demoniac things and be entangled in sense gratification and cheat and lie and steal and whatever it takes in order to prosper. As Charvakamuni said, in terms of enjoying this material world, and this was mentioned also by Kirtan Jagyavu, that beg, borrow, or steal. Do whatever you have to do, but whatever you do, get ghee. So he's taking ghee as the supreme happiness in life. Uh, so if one can get ghee by hook or by crook, by begging, by borrowing, by stealing, by pillaging, by killing, by murdering, whatever it takes, get the ghee. So... Uh, we don't, Charvakamuni is not a Vaishnava philosopher, and so we are not following his advice to beg, borrow, steal, to get ghee. Actually, we just simply serve Krishna, and Krishna supplies all the ingredients to offer to him in sacrifice, including ghee and rice bran oil and olive oil and everything else. So I guess the Italians would say, beg, borrow, steal, but just get olive oil <laughs> for your pasta. <clears throat> so Prahlad chose his answer very carefully when he was asked by Hiranyakashipu what is the best thing that you know that you have learned so he said Tanmanye Ditam Utama the highest thing Tanmanye I think 
Ditahutamam, that the best thing, the highest thing is Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smaranam Padasevanam Archanam Vananam Dasyam Sakyam Atmani Vedanam So there he lists the nine processes of devotional service, beginning with Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smaranam. Hiranyakashipu didn't like to hear anything about Vishnu whatsoever because Vishnu was his sworn enemy. So, uh, as soon as Prahlad Maharaj said, Vishnu, Aranikasipu was agitated. And therefore he decided, ultimately, after several incidences of Prahlad Maharaj preaching Krishna consciousness to him, that he would kill his son Prahlad. And he made several attempts to kill Prahlad and was miraculously unsuccessful each time. Prahlad could not be killed uh, because he was protected by Krishna. He was a great devotee. So when they threw him off a cliff, he came gliding down to a soft landing as if he had a parachute. How did he do that? And then when the, when the elephants were, the, the killer elephants, he was put in the midst of those to stomp him to death. Somehow they managed to miss him every time. They couldn't get him. And then when the, uh, he was offered some poison to eat, he offered that to Krishna, and therefore that poison became like nectar. And it didn't hurt him one bit. And he was thrown into a pit of serpents and snakes and poisonous things, and they couldn't hurt him. They couldn't affect him. And Hiranyakashipu was very frustrated, because these are normally all ways that a child can be easily killed. So finally... He pulled out his own sword, and he was just going to kill Prahlad on the spot. The first he had to get a little satisfaction. He said, you rascal, you think that you're more intelligent than me, and I'm Hiranyakashipu, who has conquered the entire universe. So what power is it that you have by which you can defy me? And Prahlad told him, the source of my power is the same source of your power. It is the Lord. And Hiranyakashipu was more enraged, very angry, just to the boiling point, just to the breaking point. He says, well, where is your God then, who's the source of your strength and power? He's everywhere. Oh, he's everywhere, huh? Is he in this pillar right here? And Prahlad said, yes, he's everywhere. He's in the pillar. So he took out his sword and he struck the pillar. And then there was this gigantic sound that no one had ever heard a sound like this before. The pillar broke asunder, but there was this cracking sound. It sounded like the, uh, the sound of the devastation of the universe. It was so fearful and so loud and unbelievable. Be like, you know, a hundred nuclear explosions at once. That's what it sounded like. And then bursting out of the pillar was Lord Nishringadev, who had never been seen before either. This very fierce terror and fear personified form with uh, uh, he had a razor sharp tongue and teeth and nails and so powerful he was so fearful that it was like oh it was like something out of your worst ever conceivable nightmare fear destruction terror all rolled into one fantastic thing so when god wants to exhibit his potency he can exhibit his potency of love. He can also exhibit his potency of fear and terror. Uh, 
And he was so fearful for Hiranyakashipu that he immediately was attacked the Lord to fight him. But the Lord's form was so fierce, and he had this, this incredible laughter. Yeah! <laughs> this laughter that was so terrible, so fearsome, along with his looks. And Hiranyakashipu had to close his eyes. He couldn't look at it. It was so fearful, the visage of the Lord. He was so just potent that he couldn't even look at him. He had to fight him with his eyes closed, swinging his sword and had his shield. And the Lord played with him for a while and then finally just killed him. Put him on his lap and ripped his guts out and put his intestines around his neck as a garland. So gruesome. <laughs> so fearful. So powerful. Like a thousand million armies attacking one. So Prahlad was instructing his father that this is the best thing that I have learned. Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smarnam. Shravanam means to hear, Kirtanam means to chant. Vishnu Smarnam, and to remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So that's what's being described in today's verse. And today's verse bears a remarkable resemblance to a very famous verse that is in the 10th canto, first chapter, uh, text number four, which states, Nirvatatar shar upagi yamanad bhavausadach chotamino biramat karutama shloka gunanuvanat pumang virajita vinapashugnat this is a wonderful verse, and a very famous and powerful verse, but has some of the actual same Sanskrit words as today's verse. Nivrita-tarshaya means nivrita-trishna, one who is free, nivrita, of uh, tarshaya, or trishna, lust, or material activities, either one could be said. So one who is free from this propensity to enjoy sense gratification, uh, Upagiyamana, which is sung or described, that's Krishna Kata, the activities of the Lord. Baba Asaudhat. Baba Asaudi means, um, Baba means our disease. We have this Bhava Roga, this disease of material existence. That is the disease that we have in common with everyone who is a conditioned soul. We are all interested to try to enjoy this material world and turn away from the Lord. So that's called Bhava Asaudi. Asaudi means the medicine. So this is the real medicine for what ails us, is this hearing and chanting. Srila Prabhupada constantly referred to this in the last months of his life as he was laying on his bed and his uh, apparent material condition was deteriorating, deteriorating, deteriorating. Uh, getting closer and closer to leaving the body. And they would bring a Kaviraj. One Kaviraj was treating him, and he was talking about this medicine and that medicine, and Prabhupada was saying, Nibhita-tar-shara-upagi-yamana, mino uh, That the real disease, the real, the real medicine for this disease of our material existence is to hear about Krishna. And the Kaviraj was a very pious person, and he agreed with Srila Prabhupada that this material medicine can only do so much, 
But the real cure for our material condition is to hear and chant about Krishna. Baba Asaudi. Shrota Mano Biramar. That Abhiramar is very pleasing, this uh, sound vibration of hearing and chanting about Krishna. Shrota uh, means oral reception. So this medicine is poured in through the ear, not through the mouth. Normally medicine is taken into the mouth to go into the body. But the real medicine is the Krishna Kata, which is poured into the ear. It's like nectar for the ear. Normally you think of nectar, drinking the nectar for the tongue, but this is nectar for the ear, although the tongue is utilized in vibrating this nectar. And it is poured into the ear. Shrota manaha. It's the, it's the right thing, the right medicine that's poured into the ear and goes into the mind and ultimately directly to the heart. That's why Krishna consciousness, um, it resonates with the living entity because it is our natural position to be Krishna conscious devotees, to be servants. This is our natural position, although we are out of touch we are forgetful of our real position. But when we hear the chanting of Hare Krishna, we hear the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, then that penetrates through the ear into the mind and it goes straight to the heart. And then this resonates within the heart. And if we're fortunate, um, our heart will resonate when we hear this message. And we'll say, yes, yes. And we all have this experience. Um, because we become devotees, that this truth of Krishna consciousness entered into the ear and it resonates within the heart. It also resonates within the mind and the intellect. So that vibration is vibrating and our mind is like, wow, this is so wonderful. And then the heart opens up, yes. It's like we've been in this dry desert of material existence even drier than the great southwest desert in which we live. And we've gotten some nice, cool, fresh water to quench our thirst. So we go, ah, yes, that's just what I needed. That's just the perfect treatment. So um, our soul, when it hears this vibration, then we begin to vibrate on that same platform. And we are reawakened to our original spiritual nature. Krishna consciousness. So that's what happens. Uh, Abhirama, from the pleasing vibrations. Uh, this was mentioned yesterday, of such glorification. Uh, what is that verse in the third canto? Satam prasangam mamavirya sambido bevantihrit karna rasayana kata. Karna means the ear. Rasayana kata. This nectar, it poured into the ear. This Krishna kata, Rasayana kata, um, it becomes very satam prashangam mamavirya sambhivo. In the association of devotees, satam means spiritual or eternal. Satam prashangam, this association with devotees and the process of hearing and chanting about Krishna, uh, Rasayana kata, uh, it becomes very pleasing to the ear, rasayana, karana, rasayana kata. Both to the ear and to the heart. We become very pleased to hear about Krishna and we become enlivened uh, 
Avon Prasanna Manaso, the second chapter of the first canto. Avon Prasanna Manaso, uh, the person who has contact with Krishna consciousness. Avon, thus, Prasanna Manaso, his mind becomes enlivened. Um, Evam Prasanna Manasa Bhagavad Bhakti Yogata by engaging in this Bhakti Yoga unto Bhagavad, the personality of Godhead. Evam Prasanna Manasa Bhagavad Bhakti Yoga. Bhagavad Tattva Vijnanam. That this truth of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagavad Tattva Vijnanam, one realizes scientifically, as Prabhupada translates, one gains positive scientific knowledge of the Personality of Godhead. So, when we hear and chant about Krishna in the association of devotees, it's a very pleasing process to hear about Krishna. Uh, just like uh, the material analogy would be uh, music, there's this famous poetic line that says, uh, music soothes the savage breast. So, uh, the uncivilized, savage person, they hear music and they're like, ah, that's so cool. So uh, Krishna consciousness is like that. The conditioned soul, who's the uncivilized savage beast himself, hears and chants about Krishna. Uh, then the material agitation becomes soothed and uh, one tastes that higher nectar. It is very pleasing to both the ear and the heart. So, just like today's verse says, Who would not want to hear and chant about the activities of Krishna? Uh, who would virajeta keep himself aloof from such nectar of Krishna Gata? Vina except Pashubna. A Pashubna means a butcher. So that's a very horrible, sinful thing, you know, with the big cleaver. Cutting, slicing the bodies of the animals. Very sinful, very horrible thing to do, the butcher. Uh, and not only does that Pashug not refer to a butcher, but to a person who is killing his own self, killing his own soul by neglecting Krishna consciousness and just simply engaging like an animal, Saiva Gokara, like a cow or an ass, in sense gratification. So that is this wonderful verse. I'll read the translation of this verse that Prabhupada has given us. Glorification of the Supreme Personality of God is performed in the Parampara system. That is, it is conveyed from the spiritual master to disciple. Such glorification is relished by those no longer interested in the false temporary glorification of this cosmic manifestation. That's like stuff in the newspaper. That's glorification of this false material cosmic manifestation. Temporary. Descriptions of the Lord are the right medicine for the conditioned soul undergoing repeated birth and death. Therefore, who will cease hearing such glorification of the Lord except a butcher or one who is killing his own self? And just briefly, uh, from the purport, Papa says, everyone with this, in this material world, beginning from Brahma down to the insignificant ant, is full of material desires for sense enjoyment. And everyone is busy in sense gratification. But when thus engaged, one cannot fully understand the value of Krishna Kata 
either in the form of Bhagavad Gita or Srimad Bhagavatam. So that's in reference to the two kinds of Krishna Kata. Who knows what the two kinds of Krishna Kata are? No. There are unlimited varieties of Gramni Kata, of course. Krishna Kata, they means that which is spoken by Krishna, Bhagavad Gita. And Krishna Kata means that which is spoken about Krishna, Srimad Bhagavatam. Although Srimad Bhagavatam also has some Krishna Kata spoken by Krishna, like the Uddhava Gita and other places. So the point is that this Krishna Kata should be heard from the proper person, from liberated persons, uh, not from Sanskrit scholars or non-devotees. And then Sanatana Goswami has strictly forbidden us to hear Krishna Kata from non-devotees. And he quotes from the Padma Purana, Avaishnavav mukod girnam maputam harikatam ritam Shravanam naivakartavyam sarpochistam mitapaya. Sarpo means a snake. So uh, milk is very nice, but if we take milk that's been touched by the lips of a snake, then it gets the poison from the serpent. And then we drink that milk, we become poisoned. So in the same way, um, so-called narrations about Krishna heard from professional reciters, of which there are many in India, and non-devotees. In India, they do this Bhagavat Saptaha, because Maharaj Pariksit heard the Srimad Bhagavatam in seven days. So they want to do a Bhagavat Saptaha, only they don't do the whole Bhagavatam. They just do the five chapters of Rasa Leela in the seven days, and that's all they talk about. And they swoon, and they go into ecstasy and do all this, you know, fake acting stuff, because they're not liberated persons, and they're not on the platform of love of God. They're just professional reciters who make a living doing this. It's a performance only. Uh, it's a gig. It's, it's not uh, pure Krishna consciousness. Um, so persons who hear from them, it's just like drinking the milk that's been touched by the lips of the snake. It has a poisonous effect. And it kills Krishna consciousness and leads ones directly to mayavadi uh, damnation of one's existence, doom and gloom. So Therefore, this verse warns that Krishna Kata should be recited by a person who's Nibrita Trishna. So Nibrita Trishna, first thing, Nibrita Trishna means the four regular principles. A person who's living a pure life and dedicated their life to serving Krishna, aside from not performing gross sinful activities. So that is who we hear Krishna Kata from. That's why when Srila Prabhupada preached Krishna consciousness, presented his Bhagavad Gita, and went all over the world, so many people, thousands and thousands and thousands of people became devotees and are still becoming devotees based on that vibration of one who is actually never to Krishna, a pure devotee of Krishna, not interested in sense gratification. So, and originally Shukadeva Goswami, he's a never to Krishna, reciting the Bhagavatam, a pure devotee. So this is our process to engage in hearing and chanting about Krishna and to create the opportunity for others to have that same benefit in their lives. And they may take, they may not take. Uh, generally people are so much uh, involved, uh, entangled in the modes of material nature. When I was first becoming a devotee 
and I was going to the temple. My brother was coming with me. My brother had this dream to where, like he was all stitched up with this cord and he couldn't move. He said he was, he was all caught up in Maya and he couldn't move on the spiritual platform because he was so entangled in that network of that. And that's, Prahlad Maharaj says, bound by strong ropes, Urudhamni Badha. Strong ropes that tie one to this material existence, to this atheist, godless, sense gratification pursuing lifestyle. So he was like caught up in all these cords and he couldn't move. Uh, so he actually had some realization of his entanglement in material existence, which he has further <laughs> gone on to become more entangled, unfortunately. So um, it's like that the entanglement of the conditioned soul. And the only way to loosen those bonds, those cords, the Taiwan, is to hear and chant about Krishna. Then gradually that entanglement, one becomes liberated. Mukta Sangha. Uh, Mukta Sangha Shajayate, it says in the second chapter of the first canto. One becomes liberated from all this bad association. Mukta Sangha Parambraja, by chanting Hare Krishna. Uh, one becomes liberated from bad association. So this Krishna consciousness is so nice, we give up the bad association and we embrace the good association in our lives. So I'll stop here and please some questions, comments, or realization from the Vaishnavas. <clears throat> If you don't want to go that far, then you can go to the heavenly planets and enjoy a pious life. But um, that's still under the grips of the material energy. It's just a nicer version. It's the A-plus version of material life. You know, it's like, like Hawaii times a billion. That's so nice. Why not go there uh, and just enjoy in a pious way? But still, it's just another version. It's a royal edition of the same suffering. Probably is that great royal edition of the animals. Yes. So the real result is that one goes back to Godhead. And then, Chaktwa Deham Purnarjana, Naiti Mameti Sarjana, one doesn't take birth again in this material world. Then one has solved the problems of life. as the lights gradually fade, <laughs> indicating that we have come to the end of our time. All right, so thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki. Who can refuse to relish the nectar of such topics? Hmm? I said, who can refuse to relish? Well, any devotee who doesn't come to class can refuse to hear.